Bam 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 Welcome back, everybody, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck Oh, my less. God, it's so saccharine. I'm Lisa Linky. And I'm Jaded Misty Stinnett. And this is your weekly beef. It's not a full um, frontal Friday where it's not we a read book, and peak review. This is our supplemental episode. This is where it's the lab for your lecture. It's the homework for your quiz it's it's the potatoes to your meat it's the (laughs) side to your hustle it's everything you've wanted and more (laughs) i again i'm lisa that's misty we cuss get with it if this is your first episode you might be expecting a book review and you're not gonna you're not gonna get it um so maybe go back not sorry we're not sorry hashtag not sorry and today we're Mm -hmm. gonna do a little bit of homework check-in from me yep and And then i've got something i want to present to you lisa to me because we do whatever the f we want to do that's we created this bad boy and we are of course as always joined by our inimitable 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 abominable snowman producer sav at fairfax village studios which is our favorite place to be yeah we're so happy to be here and um so lisa yes the last book we covered was attached the new science of adult attachment and how it can help you find and keep love i was not attached that's right no um i thought it was helpful yeah it was it was great everything was great about it i assigned you as homework to take your attach a quiz on attachedthebook.com to find out your attachment style yeah and did you do that? I did. I ended up taking it twice because as we were texting, I was like, is this current? Because I'm single. Right. And all of this is about like romantic relationships. Yeah, someone you're thinking about dating or just right. started dating or have dated. So I took it um, as the old me and my old toxic relationship. Okay. And then I took it as me now. Okay. So the old me got... Uh, Anxious attachment style. Okay. It Not says, surprised. I love to be very close to my romantic partners and have capacity for great intimacy. I often fear, however, that my partner does not wish to be as close as I would like him or her to be. Mm-hmm. Relationships tend to consume a large part of my emotional energy. I tend to be very sensitive to small fluctuations in my partner's moods and actions. And although my senses are often accurate, I take my partner's behaviors overly personally. Mm. As a result, I tend to act out and say things that I later regret. That I disagreed with. Yeah. Um, there's a way to reach greater happiness. Yeah. And then they, they sell their book. Yeah. Um, and then I took my c- uh, compatibility quiz now and I came out as secure. Okay. It says, being warm and loving in a relationship comes naturally to you. You enjoy being intimate without becoming overly worried about your relationships. You take things in stride when it comes to romance and don't get easily upset over relationship matters. I I don't know. Uh You effectively communicate your needs and feelings to your partner and are also strong at reading your partner's emotional cues and responding to them. That I agree with. Mm. You share your successes and problems with your mate and are able to be there for him or her in times of need. Even though you have a secure attachment style, it's likely you have or will have relationships with people in other attachment styles and then they pitch their book. Right. So good for them. So it sounds like you did what they say 25 to 30% of the population does, which is change your attachment style over time. Yeah, because I have been in therapy for many years. Yeah. And I I would agree about your secure attachment style. Like you set great boundaries. You're yeah. not worried if somebody said you're like, oh, I'm not going to take that personally because yeah. it's not about me. Yeah. I mean, it's probably all the self-help books I've read. Yeah. And yeah, just a few <laughs> this year. One or two. Just kidding. It's not from so those. One it's or two. Um, so how, what did you think about that? You know, the the questions were open-ended and weird. Um, and it's yeah, hard to. very vague. It's hard to think. Think about like all of your relationships. I would say if you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. it's easier to talk about that specific relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not for single people. 
Right. It's not. No, it's not. Nope. It really isn't. So it feels very exclusionary. Welcome to the world where is single the f- people. Where is the... Oh, ha- happy to be here. Glad to... There's a lot that's great. I'm just going to say I'm here. You're here. Okay. So uh, thank What you, you got for me today? So... And thank you for assigning that homework. Absolutely. I found this article mm-hmm. from Psychology Today. My favorite magazine. And you know this will be in the show notes. Yeah. But it's... The title is Why Does Self-Help Fail? Yes. Yeah. Identify your mistakes and learn to make better ones. I already love it. And this was written by Grant Hillary Brenner, MD, FAPA. I don't know what that means. FAPA. Fapa. Uh, but Fapa. it sounds fancy. Okay. Self-help fails because we are not approaching change in the correct way for our current circumstances and underlying personality. We're not doing what works and we're not in a place to be able to have other priorities and or are not ready to hunker down and sort it out. We may be in a state of constant crisis, for instance, or we may be working on a higher order problem than we need to be, Hmm. like working toward a promotion when we don't know if we are on a career path, which is a good fit, or trying to get serious in a relationship when we don't even know who the person is. Sometimes, One leads to the other, though. When we try to push the relationship to the next level, we find out the harder way who the person is. But sometimes when we do that, we aren't sure if it was them or if it was the way the relationship developed. Many times, we're not ready to get the help we want, and we just don't know it. If you learn you are not ready and you want to get ready, that's great. If you learn you are not ready and you aren't ready to get ready, (laughs) just have to wait. Sometimes a degree of self-persecution gets in the way, and that is a downward spiral. Self-help also fails because the material offered is of poor quality, irrespective of fit. Okay. And that's what we talk about all the time is why does this person get to write a self-help book? Uh, Because they have a million followers on Instagram. Yeah. Why does having a certain number of followers make you qualified? Maybe you're just really good at photography. (laughs) Or not even. Yeah. So one of the benefits of failed self-improvement efforts is that we learn we are not ready and we may learn about what our real needs are. The problem is a lot of the time people want the punch of the quick insight, the high of the emotionally cathartic explanation, but we aren't necessarily thinking about the long game. Mm. We're a short-term culture by and large and we pay the price. Oh my God, are we contributing to this by making a podcast? Oops. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. The upside. <laughs> We're just going to brush right past <laughs> For all, you said, oops. And I laughed so hard. And I got a snort out of Misty. Okay, 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 okay. Everyone, we're doing our best. Listen. Okay, the upside is that it is entertaining and stimulating. Thank really you. quite amazing. Thank you. And often positive in spite of the frequently shady lining. Okay. The self-help model you pick has to resonate with you. More and more self-development material is selective for particular demographics. Okay. This is not just because different approaches are tailored for different problems, but also to appeal to different cultural groups, genders, and so on. This is important because we need to identify with the approach we are using in order to self-motivate. As I'm reading this, I'm realizing that when we write our self-help book called Here's a Caveat, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a choose-your-own-adventure. So there's going to be – here's what I envision. We do chapters with magnets on the back, and you have a big spine. And what you do is the first thing about the book is you go through and you go, okay, I've got an anxious attachment style, so I'm throwing that chapter in there. I am a a woman who is uh, uh, straight, so I'm throwing that in there. And then I go, here's my socioeconomic status, throw that in there. Do you know what I mean? We're going to 
make the first self-select by chapter like you a la carte Yeah, it's truly self-tailored for you. Nobody steal this idea from I really thought you meant choose your own adventure where like at the end of the chapter, it's like, do you want to, do you do this next or this next, which I prefer. No, I love that, right? So it's like, hey, so if you um, are are non-heteronormative or non-binary, go to chapter nine. Yeah. That's gonna. Oh, that's the only way it's gonna work. We're not doing anything else. I do like an a la carte though. If it's a, like an electronic book. Listen for all the publishers listening. There's so many of you. Or go help yourself podcast at gmail.com. Slide yeah. into our DMs. Okay. We're, we're so uh, just because different approaches are tailored for different problems, but also to appeal to different cultural groups, genders, and so on. This is important because we need to identify with the approach we are using in order to self motivate. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we need to form a stable attachment to the self-help material, including, uh, if present, a particular individual or individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. If problems are overemphasized without providing early steps which demonstrate change is possible, a lot of people fall out of the program. Yeah. So this bull- – like the secret. Just yeah. think good thoughts. And it's like – Eat shit. No. Yeah, eat shit. So once the basic hook oh, wait, in – sidebar. I am watching this show on stars called Bittersweet. Sweet Bitter. You. Excuse me. Sweet Bitter. Oh, yeah. And I read um, the book. I loved the book. Yeah. There's – Whatever the show's great. Anyway, they just started doing The Secret, and one of the waiters is like, you just think what you want, and it comes to you. And so she goes up to the, this one. She goes up to the guy, and she goes, I want to go home with you, just you and me, and I want to have sex. And he goes, not tonight. And she's like, god damn it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. Once the basic hook-in is there, the material has to engage parts of the brain involved with long-term planning and motivation. If that doesn't happen, the person is likely to drop whatever efforts made and wander off, perhaps to the next self-help thing. Reading books alone without following a plan can be inspirational, but rarely is more than aspirational. Oh, yes. Which is why we try to do the homework, and oftentimes it falls apart (laughs) in the homework. So, however, reading self-help blogs can keep the buzz going and give the reader some variation and novelty to keep curiosity. Oh, blogs versus books. Yes, but but I would also argue podcasts, right? So it's keeping you primed, keeping you on track. I'm going to choose to hear that (laughs) and not the other part. Part of self-help is the reward of how it feels to be working toward a better life, a better personality, a happier place, better loving, better work satisfaction, better health, greater fitness, a longer life, a better me, a better us. It can be too much. And when it doesn't work, the bitterness is a tough hangover to be nursing. When I had a... Breakdown. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, remember, there were times when I talked about going to that voiceover job and being like, I was using every tool I had and nothing was working. And then I was extra frustrated and anxious because I was like, I am trying to become an expert in self-help and I'm not doing this. So disappointment and failure makes it harder to look for hope and something new will be helpful. Many times there is a problem which self-help can't help. That's normal and okay. We like to wait until things get pretty bad sometimes. Or sometimes we charge at a problem but can't sustain the effort. We need other people to help at this point. Mm. Thank you for saying that. Because it's not self-help only helps to a point. Why is it individual's responsibility? Self-help feels like the first step in help. And then step two is like bringing other people in. Even if it's something like I interrupt too much. You know what? You still need somebody to help point out when you're doing it. Yes. Thank you. Misty. Don't interrupt. 
I need to talk. Don't interrupt. One of the problems with self-help is that it often covers covers over an overemphasis on self-reliance. In extreme, self-reliance is not a positive thing, but is a further mask for being unable to relate well with others. Thank you. Trust may be an issue, past betrayals, a very shy interpersonal style, difficulty with communication, ultimately impaired ability to form healthy, stable attachments. Yeah, I'm avoidant. Thanks. When that happens and secure attachment becomes a source of anxiety and stress rather than comfort, we're caught in a catch-22 where what you need for the self-help to work in the first place is required by the self-help for it to be effective. It seems impossible, almost like a Zen cone. Yeah. The solution is bootstrapping to get out of it, one which can produce profound confusion and a sense of helplessness. Yes. Much of the time, though, it is a bootstrapping involving others, which requires not knowing what is going on at first. It's confusing for me just to type it here. Yeah, it's true. A lot of folks are counterdependent, an old psychological term. It's related to counterphobic, which is when someone who is very afraid of something like heights not only floods themselves to get over the fear, but often goes on to master it, like becoming a skydiver, rather than just go skydiving once. Counterdependency often extends to relationships and shows up as help avoiding and help rejecting behavior. Many times, people with counterdependent styles have difficulty communicating and may seem passive aggressive and masochistic, or to give a lot of mixed messages about what they want. It can be draining and infuriating for yeah. all involved. Yeah. The point is, if you are counterdependent, you can't get help from anyone else, and you have unrealistic demands about what you want from yourself. Damn. It doesn't work. Oh, and you know that when you say to somebody, "Do you need some help?" and they're like, "No, I got it." And you're like, "Really?" because you seem upset. Cuz you keep dropping things and their plates are breaking. Yep. And those plates are expensive, and this is my catering business. Thank you. <laughs> Self-development is really all about your relationship with yourself at its core. Because you are not going to an actual other person for help, the way you coach yourself, the way you talk to yourself along toward positive change is key. If you are using pressure and negative criticism more than you can use, if at all, it won't work. Get it, dummy. If you are too positive... Get it, dummy. That's so funny. So if you are too positive or optimistic, you may be cynical and suspicious of your own efforts. You're doing good great, reason. sweetie. I hate that. It's really easy to be one's own worst enemy, and it can be immediately gratifying. Making use of that aggression, if you want to call it that, so you are working with yourself rather than against yourself, has a lot of traction. A lot of people fail at self-help because they haven't yet learned how to work with themselves. That is step number one. It may also be that we need others in order to be self-sufficient. And that's the article. So some food for thought. And I'd love to know what you all think, but it's true. It's like, unless you already have a certain degree of emotional intelligence and understanding and sitting with your feelings and being able to communicate or being aware of self-talk patterns, how are you going to get past step one? You don't. And you die. And that's been Go Help Yourself. Go Help Yourself. (laughs) And that's why I'm really, really glad that this is a co-hosted podcast. Yeah. Right? Because I could not handle all this self-help without you. God. I and I could not doing this filter through. It would also be so boring. Like, hi, let me tell you an excerpt from this book. <laughs> so we're going to move on from that. And here's what I I, li- I recently started listening to this uh, self-hosted, just mm-hmm. one person mm-hmm. podcast. It is weird to listen to someone talk for an hour without anybody else interjecting. Oh, you should come to my house and hang out. <laughs> okay. Actually, I talk for and to my dogs. That's great. So if self-help fails, you fucked. Mm-hmm. Life, Life is, is abundant. abundant.
Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at Podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.